Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Whether we like it or not, diesel is used by trucks and cars across the world. So given diesel can be harmful to people's respiratory systems, as well as not great for the environment, what can we do to make diesel safer, more environmentally friendly, and help reduce the flare-ups on respiratory systems? We look at three different stories about diesel and ways we can improve it and the risks associated with it across the world. So what can we do to reduce nitrogen oxide emissions? Well, a lot of the filtering and catalyst designs that we have to reduce emissions for smog-causing nitrogen oxide work at high temperatures. And that's really good for trying to reduce smog in the engine part, but what about in the exhaust? The exhaust, which is the part that's just being dumped out into the atmosphere, and most of the time, that's at low temperature. And that means most of the traditional mechanisms don't really work that well. So we need a new way of targeting and getting a low temperature reaction that can help reduce production of nitrous oxide. And that's where a team of researchers from Purdue University School of Chemical Engineering, along with researchers at University of Notre Dame and a private company called Cumis Inc., who are experiments and experts in catalyst technology, have been working together to, to develop a new material to help reduce nitrogen oxide emissions from diesel reactions and diesel engines. And the basis of this design is an improved catalyst, uh, which could basically further reduce the emissions of the smog-causing NOx, basically, that is produced. Now, a lot of this focuses on a new type of catalyst called zeolites. Now, zeolites are a pretty strong workhorse in petroleum chemical refineries and are used sometimes in emission control systems for diesel engines. But the problem is this zeolite needed to be modified so it could work at low temperature, unlike its normal variant, which is used in high temperature. But there's an advantage too of operating a lower temperature. You don't need to go as hot and burn as hot. That means that you could run more efficiently. So it would also improve the performance of the engine. So developing this new catalyst was, was quite important and a cross-disciplinary team effort. Now, zeolites themselves, which is the core part of this catalyst, have a crystalline structure which contains tiny pores. Each of these pores are about one nanometer in diameter and they're filled with copper atom active sites. And those active sites is where all the interesting chemical reaction takes place. Now, this is a catalyst, so its main job is to boost the chemical reaction and spark things off. And so what these researchers are investigating is that they, if they introduced ammonia into the exhaust solvates, these copper ions would migrate into the pores and find another performing another extra boost or another extra catalytic step. That makes it a more powerful catalyst, not reacting just once but twice. So by adding ammonia to the mix, it sort of improves the efficiency of this mechanism. And they also sped up the critical bond-breaking reaction of all the oxygen molecules, which currently you need about 200 degrees to do effectively. And they were able to reduce that all the way down to about 150 degrees. That doesn't seem like a lot, but in terms of an engine, that's pretty great. And the reason why this whole method works is because they're introducing ammonia into these copper sites on the crystal structure. And it's not just a single site that's working on its own, but multiple sites working together around each other in this structure. 
and they can activate a lot of oxygen molecules and then going back to being isolated after the reaction is complete. So if you refine the shape of this structure, you can get even lower and lower temperatures that would otherwise before not have been possible. All of this is really intricate chemical structural engineering and you need synchrotrons such as the Argonne National Laboratory synchrotron to actually see this chemical reaction take place and process. So you need to get a lot of detailed insight into the way these chemical structures are formed and ways you could reposition and optimize them. Now, this technology would greatly improve and reduce the efficiency of the engines and the amount of pollution produced, which is important for on-road um, pollution reduction mechanisms. So in your back engine of your car, in the exhaust pipe of trucks and so on. But it's also pretty useful for large petrol refineries because it can greatly reduce the amount of smog produced by those too which is very, very important for the overall environmental health. So it goes to show that collaboration with new methods of chemical engineering can help improve the processes that we have in place today and make our diesel engines more efficient and hopefully safer. But it involves a lot of complex chemistry and a lot of precise engineering and expert tools such as a synchrotron to sort of get down to that level of detail. But the potential health benefits of those reductions are immense. Now we've all had a bit of a laugh at Volkswagen and now Porsche being caught up in this scandal of cheating their diesel admission tests. And of course that shows the ingenuity of engineers to try to get out of government regulation. But the government regulation is there for a reason. For example, in 2015 the UK government estimated that the exposure to nitrogen oxide, which is an emission from diesel engines, led to around 52,000 additional deaths in the UK alone a year. And NOx emissions, nitrous oxide, is the primary cause of smog in most cities around the world. And for places like China and other places in Asia, it's a really a huge growing public health concern. It's also a workplace health concern because there's plenty of workplaces where there's a high concentration of diesel fumes. And also, a concern for environments or schools or housing that happens to back onto freeways where there's a large exposure to this. And more and more people are starting to look into what exactly is going on here with diesel fumes and what's the harm. Now, the World Health Organization estimates there are around 3.7 million deaths a year caused by outdoor air pollution. And in Europe, like the numbers in the UK, they're quite high, around 30,000 deaths each year directly attributable to diesel NOx pollution. Scientists predict that over time, uh, unless tackled, in about 23 years' time, diesel vehicles around the world will be causing around 183,000 premature deaths a year unless further action is taken to curb emissions. Now, that means that if you enforce really, really strict emissions limits, you could probably limit, you could reduce or reduce the risk of about 174,000 deaths a year from fine particles in the ozone by 2040, which is, which is a pretty good reduction, so to speak. And that's why countries such as France and Germany are taking actions to, in the long-term forecast, ban diesel cars and trucks. But here in the now, 
How are diesel fumes affecting health? And a new study published in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology by researchers at the Imperial College in London have been studying how diesel exhaust particles, which is a major component in air pollution, are actually leading to damage in people's lungs and tightening of airways and coughing fits. Now, previous research has shown that there is a strong association between urban air pollution and respiratory systems, coughing, wheezing, shortness of breath, but the underlying mechanism that was causing this was quite unclear. And this international team, led out of Imperial College London, have been studying the byproducts of burning diesel fuel, which are called polycyclical aromatic hydrocarbons, PAHs, and that how they directly stimulate nerves inside the lungs, causing a reflex response in the airways. Now, that would explain why there's a link between air pollution on city streets and people's respiratory systems. And for people who are at high risk, children, the very young and the elderly, or people with respiratory diseases, this is a big problem. Now, previously scientists have been investigating the particle size, like ultrafine particles which are inhaled, and how that these tiny particles, less than 100 nanometers in diameter, can get deep into the lungs. And are so small that cells pretty much recognize them as biological. And they're absorbed and processed in the bloodstream. That can also lead to health effects. Now, when the particles in diesel exhaust were, were processed and s- to separate the insoluble carbon core from the soluble outer organic fraction, the researchers found that the chemicals on the surface, the PAHs, were actually directly stimulating nerves, while just the carbon parts were not. And since the particles were so small, they got the chemicals deep into the lungs, not just on the outside, but crossing the membranes where they can actually get at the nerves and interact with them directly. So this explains why uh, the, the PAHs are actually be able to cause such damage. It's because they're small in size, they're shedding the outer coating of the carbon layer and just leaving that aromatic hydrocarbon exposed and interacting with the nerve directly. And because they're so small, they can sort of pass through a lot of the other filtration mechanisms. Now, when the tissues were exposed to the PAH, the sensory nerves responsible for the reflex motions, such as coughing, wheezing, were stimulated. Basically, the nerves are getting triggered, and so as a response, your body starts to wheeze and cough. And that kind of stress reaction can also lead to breathing in more and can open further, further channels and basically tip off even more nerves to fire from that perspective. Now, all of this research adds to the growing body of evidence which ties directly air pollution to public health outcomes. And obviously, prevention is a key method here. But anything we can do to reduce the types of particles, to remove the ultrafine particles, and reduce the overall amounts of these PAHs in our atmosphere will lead to improvements in health outcomes for particularly those at risk, but in general, all of the populace. So whilst it might be funny that these car companies were cheating the government's regulations, it's actually an important and serious health issue for thousands upon thousands of people. And these are deaths that could be avoided. It goes to show the impact of some of the diesel products and services that we use in our society and how we need to develop better methods, not just to stop global warming, not just to save the environment, but also to save lives directly. So this is some great work being done out of the Imperial College in London.
Now, the Americans aren't the only ones investigating ways to target reduction of nitrous oxide produced by emissions from cars, diesel trucks, and heavy-duty vehicles. Researchers from the Loughborough University in the UK have been investigating a way to make a new mechanism to improve the capacity of existing engine after-treatment systems. And they call this the emotion and they call this the ammonia creation and conversion technology, called ACCT. Now, most new diesel vehicles today are fitted with a system called Selective Catalytic Reduction, SCR. And what that does is it tries to remove all the nitrous oxide produced by combustion, and it uses AdBlue to prov provide ammonia that can be used to reduce the NOx into harmless nitrogen and water. And that's good, because that helps reduce the impact of this nitrogen oxide and gets most of it converted into harmless nitrogen water byproducts. The problem with that is that AdBlue only functions at high exhaust temperatures, like we talked about earlier, typically in excess of 250 degrees Celsius. So therefore, the SCR doesn't operate at all engine conditions, most importantly during short or stop-start commutes. So if you have a construction site that has a heavy-duty vehicle with diesel, it's not that efficient as a mechanism for reducing pollution. Also, if you're in a bus in an urban area, again, or a truck in stop-start traffic, these aren't ideal cases for reducing nitrogen oxide emissions. And it also is not particularly great for the engine. So AdBlue can be problematic at lower temperatures and can lead to severe exhaust blockages and obviously engine damage as a result of that. So the way ACCT, this ammonium creation and conversion technology that the library university has developed, adapts the AdBlue that's there and uses waste energy, leftover energy from the combustion process to make it work at low exhaust temperatures. And this greatly improves the temperature range at which SCR systems can operate. Ultimately, all of that means that you can get a lot less emissions out of these systems than ever before. Now, if you're familiar with a diesel engine starting off at its cold start condition where they dump out a lot of toxic emissions before the catalytic converters are all able to work efficiently, that's the problem that we're trying to solve here, as outlined by Lerber's Professor Graham Hargrave. He states that the adaptions that they've developed to the SCR systems means that they can work as low as 60 degrees Celsius. That's basically the cold start condition that you're after, and they can do NOx reduction systems for the whole life cycle of the drive rather than just at the optimum stable running condition. And that means at the tailpipe, you get a lot less nitrogen oxide emissions and a lot more nitrogen and oxygen safely. And that's really, really important for the heavy-duty construction site market or heavy-duty trucks where there aren't a lot of good solutions immediately available. So by developing this ACCC system, now they can help reduce nitrogen oxide pollutions simply and efficiently before we get new, greener technologies rolled out to the marketplace in the coming years. This will help the car companies meet their new and more stringent targets because now the limitations on having a hot process for catalytic reduction of emissions is reduced and you can do it at a much lower temperature, 60 degrees, substantially lower than all other methods. And this is some great research being done out of Lowbury University in the UK and shows what can be done to clean up the act 
of heavy diesel polluters and make the world safer whilst more efficient and greener technologies are developed. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Lagrange Point. From new technology to remove harmful diesel emissions, as well as catalysts to help reduce nitrogen oxide in diesel exhaust, we also found out about the risks diesel can cause to respiratory systems. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.